0: Speaking of Masters athletes, uh, let's rise as one. Standing ovation for Suzanne Chandler, four-time World Masters triathlon champion. Suzanne, good morning. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast.
1: Good morning. Good morning.
0: Thank you. How, um, well, let's go back to the start of this. When was your first World Championship in triathlon?
1: 2009 on the Gold Coast. Actually, no, 2008. Sorry, that was in Vancouver, 2008.
0: When you've won as much as you have, it's no surprise that it all becomes a little blurry, but you know, tell us how you ended up in the sport.
1: Hmm. Um, I ended up, what um, was interesting, my first first one I ever did was in high school, so that was back 1989, grade 12. We had a PE teacher who was a bit forward-thinking and put a, an event on. Um, as part of our, our PE program, so that was the first one. And from that, I did a, a few more, um, and then I didn't take the sport back up until I actually moved to Alice Springs um, in 1994-95. So yeah, started, wow. Um, so so the,
0: the plot thickens, but so you start <laughs> racing in the halcyon days of the sport. Uh, tell us, did you have heroes back then that you know, that you followed um, in the sport?
1: Yeah, well, when I was at Alice Springs, we had all of the greats, you know, Chris um, McCormick, um, Miles Stewart. You know, we had all of them that came actually out to Alice Springs and did a three-day event because it was difficult to do it all in one day there because you had to move around to different areas to be able to do it. Um, But yeah, I just, you you know, looking at like Emma Carney, I actually raced her um, a few years ago, but she, she was a big idol. Um, in fact, a lot of the Australians, um, I used to watch them all the time on the TV during, I think it was the St. George um, series that they used to televise. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, Brad Bevan was on that. And yep, what a Brad, great athlete.
1: Yep, yep,
0: yep. Hey, uh, by the way, how does a young lady from Canada end up in Alice Springs?
1: <laughs> well, she she dated the boy next door in, hmm. in um, Vancouver who happened to be Australian and he was a struggling pilot at the time. And, um, I, yeah, I found myself. His first Australian flying job was in um, Alice Springs. So that sort of the first place I ended up um, living yeah. there for about a year and a half.
0: That is incredible. We should also set the scene here. Is it your sister's a uh, brilliant triathlete as well?
1: Um, yes, she has a few world titles. Um, she even won it outright one year as a... 45 to 49 year old um, She's got a very strong swim background um, Pretty good cyclist And I kind of have her on the run
0: <laughs> so. Is that your strongest, <laughs> is that your strongest uh, Leg, Susan? The, the leg, um, uh, the run?
1: Well um, I, I used to say the run But I'm actually pretty good at all three Which makes it, which makes it good for me um, You know, for this last race I was first out of the water I had the second fastest bike time, and then the run was probably top five. So it all depends if I'm injured or not, how well the runs go um, yep. throughout the year. Yeah. B-
0: Bute is uh, giving you a, an ovation here yeah. at our uh, at Gosford Tennis Centre. So this latest one, tell us more about the event, because this is held in a city in Spain?
1: Yeah, it was in Ponte Verde. Um, they put on a phenomenal event. Um, it was really, you know, the whole town was behind it. Um, it was a course um we actually ran through the old part of the 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 town um but um as as in as far as for my race how it went um you know first out of the water um you know on the bike I was leading I think I was passed on the second lap but I managed to repass her and you know I'm not a big descender it was a really quite um hilly course but I think when it comes to race day I always find something (laughs) out. Um, And usually there's no traffic, so it makes it easier. Um, So I didn't see her again, the one that came second. I didn't see her again until the last um, second lap of the run. It was a four-lap run. And um, when she passed me, I thought, oh, gosh, here it goes. You know, I'm going to end up being second. But she didn't pass me that far. Like, she just sort of stayed there, and I had to pick it up by that time. So I just stayed with her until, like, the last... um, Oh, I suppose the last lap, we had a, a, a descent. Um, I actually repassed her there, and then we had 1K to go, and I just thought, you know what, let's just keep going. And um, I, I think she was she was slowly dying. I think she had to work hard to catch up to me, so I had a lot more to give at the end. So. Yeah. I only know, beat her by four seconds, though. Wow.
0: <laughs> I've seen the finish of the race, and mm. Suzanne is sprinting. <laughs> toward the finish line. Uh, Is it like a race within a race where you've got hundreds of people around you, but you've got to try to identify who your opponent is?
1: Yes. So for swimming, it's quite easy to see where you are. On the bike, you just don't know, especially if you're, you know, first out of the water. So you're just sort of looking at, you know, as they come by, you've got their um, age category on their calf, so you're always having a little look. But the real race comes down to the run. That's where you kind of get a sense. You can see where people are. People can tell you where they are. Um, so, yes, I, I, I had a race plan, and I actually executed it perfectly in the sense that I am supposed to take it out very hard on, on the last lap or two, the last 2K of the run, and um, I did do that finally. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: not easy, Buttes, because, I mean, for some people, they enjoy it because it's just them against themselves. Uh, it's hard to tell who you're up against. Yeah. There's some races like that where once you cross the line your timer starts. Yep. So you've got no idea who you're really competing against, but at least Suzanne could see who her main rival was and and that spurred her on to the finish. I guess Susan it's also and you know touching on that Steve the point you made. I reckon there's times or events where your biggest opponent is the one in your head uh, competing against yourself those little physical mental challenges that I would imagine really they're headed very or you know, come to the surface at various times throughout the race.
1: Definitely. Excuse me. Um, I think that's why having a race plan was really good. And also a coach that just, you know, the things that you do in workout really gives you confidence to know that you can do them in race. And I I do a lot of heart rate work. So I know where my heart rates need to be. And, you know, the, the last, the last, 2K of a run, it's just you know you're not even thinking about heart rate. Everything just goes yeah. out the window because you're just you you know you're you're racing to win, and and that's what it was in this one. Um, I did do the super sprint, which that one you weren't starting all together. You were starting um, every. Um, 10 seconds, two of us would go, so you had no clue where you were because the clock started oh. when you entered the water, so that was very interesting, um, and it was 50 plus, so you were mixed with everyone over 50, so you had no clue where you were, so that was and, and where you'd be racing for yourself.
0: Did you win that one as well?
1: Yes, I did.
0: Oh, I like <laughs> that concept and idea. <laughs> it's
1: oh, not as yeah, competitive, I like- but yeah.
0: Yeah. So home with two gold from the World yeah. Masters Triathlon. I like that concept in terms of, you know, you are racing the clock and you don't know. so. And I guess that's where, Susan, your training, you know, and understanding your heart rate and how hard to push yourself becomes so imperative to know your body and where it's at. Because if you blow out, you know, too early in the race or you're going too hard, you know that there's nothing left in the tank.
1: Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, and, you know, e- even on the run, my main thing is not go up not to go out too hard. So when the girl actually passed me, I said, yeah. "Okay, you are supposed to be picking it up now." <laughs> even though I didn't feel like I wanted to, I knew that was in our game plan. And and looking at the heart rate, heart rate, I knew that's what I had to do. So, yeah.
0: yeah, Suzanne, we're getting the wind up from our producer. I saw some fantastic photos, though. So you weren't the only athlete from the Central Coast there.
1: Is that correct? That's correct. There was about five five others um, that we actually all trained together with, with Ken, um, and, and he, he traveled as well to race. So it was really, it was good. It was good. It really makes it a lot more relaxing, a fun environment, and, you know, they just sort of take the pressure off.
0: Yeah. By the way, who is Ken? He just goes by one oh, Ken. word.
1: Sorry, Ken, Ken Kirk. He's um, <laughs> part of K2 Fitness. He, he's my coach, um, friend. And, um, you know, I've had quite a bit of success within the last few years. So, um, yeah, I really, it's been been great because I didn't used to use heart rate. It used to be a lot about feel and um, it kind of just added another element for me um, and it made it a little more um, exciting and to keep me wanting to keep, you know, competing.
0: Mm, Yeah. Hey, by the way, for our listeners, Suzanne Chandler is the Central Coast Masters Athlete of the Year and the man who's coming up, hayden smith they were both finalists last year so two exceptional athletes you know and suzanne to have four world championships now is just remarkable congratulations again on behalf of all of us and uh, look forward to catching up soon
1: thank you very much thank you
0: suzanne chandler